0: Hey, everyone, and welcome again to Coffee with Jesus. I'm always so honored to be able to just come and speak for a few moments into your life, into your car, perhaps. Um, And so welcome. Today, I want us to have a look at leadership, and uh, often we'll come back to the concept of leadership, because as we follow the greatest leader the world has ever seen in Jesus, we naturally get more influential, and we grow in our leadership, regardless of the context and spaces in which we lead. And so we're going to be unpacking some stuff about leadership. Today's session is called The Warrior King and the Architect King. The Warrior King and the Architect King. If you're new to our podcast, thank you so much for joining us. We really are honored uh, with you listening in. As far as possible, this podcast every week is just going to unpack something that helps us live more like Jesus, love Jesus more, and lead more like Jesus. And so for the next 15-20 minutes, let's grab a cup of coffee or tea or hot chocolate or whatever it is, and let's just talk about things that help us reflect Jesus. So please, subscribe to this podcast on whichever platform you are on, and let's dive into today's session, Warrior King and Architect King. Now, this is a, there is a very broad piece of history we're going to be covering today, but um, I'm going to allow uh, Solomon to abbreviate part of it. So 1 Kings chapter 5, verse 3 to 5. He, this is Solomon, and he says this, You know that David my father could not build a house for the name of the Lord his God, because of the warfare with which his enemies surrounded him, until the Lord put them under the soles of his feet. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side, There is neither adversary nor misfortune. And so I intend to build a house for the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord said to David, my father, your son, whom I will set on your throne, in your place, shall build the house for my name. Here, Solomon describes the difference between David and himself. And in these descriptions, we see that David was a warrior king, essentially, and Solomon was an architect king. Each had to do what God had called him to do in his time of leadership and authority. David had to win peace. Solomon had to build. David's reign was defined by the battlefield. Solomon's reign is defined by blueprints. Now, before we delve into this a bit more, I want to make a bit of a disclaimer There are not only two kinds of leaders. Please don't walk away from this uh, going, I'm either a warrior or an architect leader. That's not what I'm saying. I'm sure many of us uh, listening can identify with these. Many of us are warrior leaders. We have a battle to fight. Some of us are architect leaders. Some of us have things to build. But there are more than just these two kinds of leaders. And so The point today is to understand that the kind of leader you are will determine so much about your leadership. You might be one of these two, or you may be a leader defined by something else entirely. The the, the point is not the warrior or the architect. The point is that the, the kind of leader you are will determine a number of things. And so that's what we're going to be having a look at. Number one, the kind of leader you are will determine what faithfulness looks like. The kind of leader you are will determine what faithfulness looks like. We need to realize that the kind of leader we are will determine what is right in God's eyes? David was a warrior king, and so his responsibility was to secure peace for Israel through the defeat of his enemies that surrounded them. Solomon was the architect king, and so his responsibility was to build the temple, to build palaces, garrisons. He raised the GDP of Israel, if you would like, by building everywhere and anywhere. Faithfulness of the one looked very different to the faithfulness of the other. Even when David wanted to build a temple for God, the desire itself wasn't wrong, but David was reminded to stay faithful in his calling and allow his son to be faithful in what would be his calling. The kind of leader we are determines what faithfulness looks like. What has God called you to do? And what he has called you to will determine what faithfulness looks like. And this should, in in essence, remove competition and comparison between believers the success of my assignment from God will look different to what success for your assignment looks like. A pastor in a small community might not have a church of multiple thousands because he's being faithful to his calling. However, the tendency is to compare with others, right? The the tendency is to compete, to to wish we were bigger, better, to wish numbers were better. However, regardless of, of how similar your calling may be to another, You might both be pastors or you might both be businessmen. You might both be uh, entrepreneurs or whatever it is, teachers. Regardless of how similar your callings may appear to another person, faithfulness means staying clear on your calling without comparing. I want to say that again because I think this is so profound. Faithfulness means staying clear on your calling without comparing it to others and this again comes down and it and it defines what success means the success of another does not have to diminish what you can do their success hasn't it does not limit your success so what are you called to and what does faithfulness in that calling look like ruth was faithful in her field and it led to meeting boaz joseph was a faithful servant and it and it, it, he was a faithful servant a faithful prisoner and it led to the salvation of multiple nations and people groups Jesus was faithful to the cross, and the result is salvation for humanity. So what are you called to, and what does faithfulness look like for you? Because that is what success then looks like. As a follower of Jesus, success is defined by faithfulness, not through comparison or competition. So number one, the kind of leader you are will determine what faithfulness looks like. Number two, the kind of leader you are will determine who you associate with. Who you associate with. As followers of Jesus, we are called to love our neighbors and to display the love of Jesus to everyone. In fact, Jesus says they will know you are my disciples by how you love. And so this is true. This is always true. What we are speaking about here is is who are we inviting onto our team? This is not about loving your neighbors. This is asking who's on your team. Who are we working with? David worked with warriors because his mission was to conquer their enemies Solomon associated with people who could assist and support in the building of massive structures. Warriors could not help Solomon build, and architects would be of little use to David in the battlefield. The kind of leader you are determines who you hang with, who's part of your tribe, your team. We know this, right? There's that, there's that saying, if you hang out with five broke people, you will become the sixth. If you hang out with five successful people, you will become the sixth. This is, this is a great picture, and it's true for calling. Are the people we hang around with the kind of people that will bring wisdom and strategy when we're on the battlefield? Are the people we hang with aware of the power of architecture with regards to worship? Perhaps you're a mother and wife. Do you hang with people who understand the value of marriage and parenthood? Your calling determines the community you should be hanging with. So who do you do life with? This is not a question of good or bad influence. That's that's a whole other conversation. This is a question of purpose. We just said the clarity of calling should remove competition and comparison, but clarity of calling should also highlight who we cooperate with. I want to say that again. Clarity of calling removes competition and comparison, but it also defines who we cooperate with. And this is what understanding what kind of leader you are can do for you. So number one, the kind of leader you are will det- determine what faithfulness looks like. And number two, it will determine who you associate with. Number three, the kind of leader you are will determine what you need access to. What you need access to. For David, he needed access to armies, strategy for the battlefield. He needed access to weapons, horses, chariots. He needed access to some ruthless men who were willing to do some crazy things, brave men. He he had people in his team who had such bravery that they were, they were willing to cross the lines just for a glass of water. <clears throat> He needed access to safe caves to hide in. What he needed access to was determined by his calling. Similarly, Solomon needed access to wood, stone, gold. He needed access to building resources and wealth. He needed access to to skills of people who knew how to weave and, and manipulate gold. David had little need for carved stone and Solomon had no need for safe houses in caves. Again, neither are wrong, but they are specific. The kind of leader you are will will specify the kind of resources you need access to. So because of your calling, what do you need access to? What is a currency or resource that to you means the world, but to someone with a different calling it might be useless? It might be spaces that are are unique to you. For you, a wide creative space is vital, but for another person, an office with just good Wi-Fi is more than enough. Perhaps for you, flexibility of schedule is integral. But for another person, rigidity of schedule is paramount. What do you need access to because of what you have been called to? We probably all could cite finances as a vital thing. Jesus, we all need more money. But perhaps you need regular counseling. Not because of anything else, but because you need access to safe debriefing. Perhaps the calling on your life means that you deal with problems issues that many other people are carrying and you need someone to debrief to perhaps you need access to knowledge you need to know certain things perhaps you need access to other leaders for inspiration what do you need access to because of what you have been called to again i'm not trying to prescribe anything here i'm wanting us to just ask the question what do we need access to because of our calling so number one The leader you are will determine what faithfulness looks like. Number two, it will determine who you associate with. And number three, it will determine what you need access to. Lastly, the kind of leader you aren't will determine how you invest beyond yourself. I want to say that again, because up till this point, we've been talking about what kind of leader you are. But the kind of leader you aren't will determine how you invest beyond yourself. The leader you aren't will determine what you do for other leaders. What do I mean by this? If we are clear on our calling, and we are faithful in our field, and we associate with the right people, and have access to the necessary resources, then there will be things in our lives we cannot do, and resources we cannot use. I'm going to say that again. If we pursue our calling, we've got this understanding right then, there will be things in our lives we cannot do, and resources we cannot use. In our world today, we see the opposite of this principle in action. There are storage facilities where people store things. Now, these are super useful if you are moving or going through a unique season of travel, whatever. However, they've also become places where people store things we simply don't have space for. Oh, I've got too much furniture in my house. Let me put the old furniture in a storage department. I've got too much of whatever. And so we simply store things that we don't have space for in our lives. As you pursue God's best for you, some things will gather that you just cannot make use of. These might be things like finances, please Jesus, or opportunities or, or something else. You, you might get an opportunity to go speak or to lead something or a new business. And you know that you, you, in your capacity, simply cannot take advantage of that opportunity. What if, and this is my thought around this, what if God brings extra across our paths as an opportunity for us to invest beyond our scope of influence? So it's not to to further our influence, it's to invest beyond our scope of influence. David here had more wealth than he knew what to do with. He had gold and silver and jewels. He, He had massive amounts of wealth. What he did was set it aside for Solomon to use in the building of the temple. David, a warrior king, had stuff that he could not use on the battlefield. And so what he did is he set aside, he invested it into Solomon's calling. David invested into someone else's calling and in so doing multiplied his influence through the calling of another. Think about that. David multiplied his influence through the calling of another by investing his extra into that calling. So here's the question Are there things in your life you are holding on to because of a what if mentality? Think about that. Sometimes we hold on to things because what if. I can't get rid of this because what if I need a cable? Uh, you know, musicians and and tech guys are famous for this. I I, I and men just generally. I don't know if I'm ever going to use this cable again. Let's just keep it just in case. Uh, I've got a whole box in our house of old plug covers, because just in case, what if? But what if our extra? What if our extra is the the thing that we need to invest in other people's callings? Are there things that could be of use to another's calling but right now is simply sitting in your what if pile? Perhaps you've got knowledge that could go beyond you. Perhaps you've got strategies that you can't use but you know could be a great benefit to someone else. What is in your extra that could you you could invest beyond yourself into other people's lives and callings? Because the kind of leader you aren't will determine how you can invest beyond yourself. So these four thoughts, real quick. The kind of leader you are will determine what faithfulness looks like. It will determine who you associate with. It will determine what you need access to. And the kind of leader you aren't will determine how you invest beyond yourself. So very briefly, uh, those are just some thoughts. I want you to simply, in a few moments, just a few moments of reflection, take some time today and ask God, what kind of leader are you calling me to be? Perhaps you resonate with the idea of a warrior king or, a, or an architect king, but perhaps it's completely different for you. Perhaps there's something completely unique on your horizon of leadership, but these four principles still remain. The kind of leader you are will determine what faithfulness looks like. What is success for you? The kind of leader you are will determine who you associate with, who's on your team. The kind of leader you are will determine what you need access to, what resources do you need? And lastly, the kind of leader you aren't will determine how you invest beyond yourself. What extra can you let go of to to set another person's calling up? Well, I hope this has helped. I hope this has encouraged you. And I pray that each and every single one of us would, again, grow in leadership as we follow the greatest leader who ever lived. Have an amazing day, everybody. God bless you. And we look forward to seeing you at our next Coffee with Jesus session. Bye.